0: Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can check us out on the web at hillsideassembly.org. You're about to hear a message from our current message series, and I hope you open your heart and mind to hear a word from God today. You know, I have five minutes in that timer and a video. I still can't get my mic on my ear in time. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing this morning. Welcome to Hillside Assembly. I'm so glad you're here. I'm also grateful for all of our hunters that are out diminishing our deer population this morning, and I pray that they would remember me when they bring the bounty home. And I do like venison jerky, just to say, put that out there. But it's great to have you with us today. My name's Eric. I'm the lead pastor here at Hillside Assembly, and we're excited about what God wants to do in your life today. As we get ready to go into the Thanksgiving season, we're going to step into that, fully embrace it today. We might even bring out the turkey in the middle of our worship experience today. You never know. We've got some great things planned today. If you're a guest with us, welcome to Hillside. We're so glad you're here. At the end of our service today, We have a table in our foyer. We'd love for you to stop out there. Uh, You can fill out a card so that we can contact you and get to know you a little bit better. We also have two great free gifts. One is this purple book we'd love to give you to help you in your devotional walk with Christ. And the other is a free subscription to Right Now Media. Uh, And there's a card there that tells you how to sign up and do that. Look, we don't take any of your information. There's no credit card, nothing like that. This account is linked to our church. It is your personal account, and you have over 25,000 pieces of digital content and teaching available to you and your family, including kids programming, uh, teaching by some of the greatest preachers and teachers in the biblical uh, world today. That gift is yours for free. Just stop by the table, and we'll tell you how you can do that. If you have any inform- or want to know any more about our church, I encourage you to visit our website, hillsideassembly.org before I turn this over to Jeb today, I just want to acknowledge we've got a hero in the faith with us today, missionary Marianne Adams is in the house. So good news, good news, if I go down or eat too much at this table, Marianne is ready to step in and finish service out. So we'll be all right today. Uh, one final note before I go over to Jeb, we do giving a little bit differently here at our church. We will do offering at the end of service, and we actually have a giving box in our foyer. So you can drop your checks or your envelopes, your cash in there at the end of service. Robbie will pray over our offering before we dismiss today. Are you ready for a full-blown worship experience today? Like, I feel like I need to tell you, loosen your, your spiritual belt a little bit, because we're going to get filled up in Jesus today, amen? amen? Well, let's turn this over to Jeff and see what he's got for us today. Time for announcements with your good friend and mine, Jeb. Well, good morning. It's your friend, Jeb, and I'm so excited to do announcements with you. Are you excited to be at Hillside today? Woo, you are. You are excited to be here. Well, well look down there. That that table's all, all gussied up and beautified. It's almost like someone's expecting us to celebrate a holiday this next week. Do you know what holiday we celebrate this coming Thursday? Well, that's right. It's Thanksgiving. Are you grateful for things today? Oh, wow. I bet Pastor Eric's going to talk a little bit about that later. And speaking of Thanksgiving, I've got two very special announcements that I need you to remember. Because of the Thanksgiving week next week, we're not going to have Wednesday night activities and we won't have foundation class next Sunday. Now, someone will forget that, so say it with me no class on Wednesdays, no class on Sunday morning. So if you show up, you're going to be the only person here. You're going to be sitting at that table all alone by yourself. And we don't want that. Nope. So don't come on Wednesday and don't come at 9 o'clock next Sunday. We'll have worship experience at 10 a.m. Now, I'm really excited because you guys did it. You did it. Isn't that exciting? Uh Oh, you want to know what you did? Well, remember last week we had all those Operation Christmas Child boxes? Well, we sent out 58 shoe boxes from here at Hillside. Plus, we had some people that had some boxes made for them. So that means a total of over 60 boxes went out from here. That's the most boxes we've ever sent for Operation Christmas Child. And, and do you know what? They're going to be putting all those boxes together in Chicago in the weeks ahead. And my good friend, Mr. Jairo Granados. He's putting together a trip to go to Chicago and help organize those boxes. If you'd like to go with him and his team, you can talk to him today after service. He'd be happy to tell you when they're thinking about going and how you can be a part of that. Well, for all you parents out there, do you know what event allows you to go shopping and not worry about your kiddos? Well, it's Drop and Shop right here at Hillside, December 11th from noon to 4 p.m. You can drop your kiddos off here at church. Miss Jackie's going to have a team together. They're going to do all sorts of fun things with your kids while you go out and you can do some shopping and maybe grab some lunch, too. Now, I got one more question for you guys this morning. Do you know what Hillside's doing December 24th? Well, that's right. We're doing a live nativity and caroling, but we can't do it without you. We need you to sign up. That's right. You can sign up for lots of different areas. We need parking team and we need angels and we need wise men and and we need carolers and all the different areas you can serve. You can sign up in the foyer. Do that today before you leave the worship experience. We want you to be a part of this. Well, you're going to have a great worship experience today. Uh, I'm excited to turn you over to Mr. Robbie. And and you know what, guys? Can you save me a turkey leg on Thursday? Well, thanks. I'm looking forward to spending Thanksgiving with my family and friends, and I hope you are too. Have a great worship experience today. Bye. Well,
1: good morning, everyone. We're going to worship the Lord together. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. Rejoice. Is there joy in this house today? We're going to sing that song. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Stand as we open up our service today. We worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors. He parted the raging sea. Our God, He holds the victory. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your There's joy in the house of the Lord Our God is surely in this place We won't be quiet We shout out your praise We shout out your praise We worship the God who heals We sing to the God who saves We sing to the God who always makes a way Cause he hung up on that cross, then he rose up from that grave, my God's still rolling stones away, yeah, there's joy in the house of the Lord, there's joy in the house of the Lord today, and we won't be quiet, we shout out your praise, there's joy in the house of the Lord. the beggars, now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sacred. Sing that again, because we were the beggars. Accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. Come on, sing praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. We won't be quiet it one more time. There's joy. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today, and we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in His place, and we won't be quiet. We shout out. your Shout out your praise We shout out your praise One last time We shout out your praise Oh, give a shout of praise to the Lord, church Hallelujah Thank you, Jesus Glory to your name God, we thank you for your faithfulness We sing of that this morning and great is that
0: Just thank you today for the opportunity and the freedom to be able to gather together here in this place today. Lord, a week that may have been challenging and difficult for so many. Frustrations may be raised to a high level, not knowing how they're going to get through a certain situation. Maybe just the physical uh, being uh, of what we've had to go through this week, some being sick or not feeling well or struggling, some having to, to grasp limitations of what they can and can't do. It's been difficult. It's been challenging. But you are faithful. Lord, we lift up, Lord, uh, Judy Stolzer this morning who's in quarantine for surgery on Tuesday. And Lord, we pray that, Lord, that her surgery would go incredibly well, that, God's your anointing would be upon her, but on the doctors as well. Lord, in that surgery. Lord, for others this week, Lord, that are, are struggling, Lord, with their health, struggling with other issues that they're facing. Lord, you're a God of provision. We'll talk about that later today and how good you are. There's nothing that surprises you. God, you love your people today. Lord, I, I just pray that you would fill this place with hope, with strength and encouragement. Lord, that we put a side, false pretenses, false masks. We just are people who are broken. We're just imperfect people who need a Savior. Lord, you bring us together. You unite us. How great you are. Lord, how great and what a privilege it is to sit around a table today and to celebrate as we look at a celebration in your word. Lord, to celebrate here with our church family before we celebrate later this week with other family and friends. God, you are good, and you love the people that are here today. You love those who are watching online. You've got great things for them. Help them to stretch out and to take hold of things by faith today that, God, you have for them. In Jesus' mighty name, and God's people said, Amen, Amen. You can be seated. This morning. I think we've got to go to Jeb one more time this morning. <gasps> Do you know what time it is? It's time for the AG Express Kids Ministry. So, at this time, if all the kiddos can get up on their feet and head to the back door with Miss Jackie, we're going to have a great time down in Kids Church. Let's go! our kids a hand clap as they go downstairs they are going to have a great worship experience down there today now we will be doing communion at the end of service so if you don't have your elements and you would like to participate in communion you can step out into the foyer at this time and uh, we'll have someone out there help make sure that you have your elements for later in the service and we'll take communion together well is anybody excited about thanksgiving It's uh, it's, all right. I'm going to take a quick poll. Anybody here, Thanksgiving's your favorite holiday? Okay. Oh, there's a couple. All right. Awesome. So great. I love Thanksgiving. We're getting together. My in-laws are coming in this week, so we're excited for that. We're thankful. My parents have now moved to Wisconsin. We're now in the process of indoctrinating them into Packer fandom. Uh, And so it may take a while. My dad is a Seahawks fan. Uh, After last week... um, It may be a harder sell, I don't know, but we'll see how that all works out in the weeks to come. But you've probably all had moments where you sat down at the family uh, table to celebrate holidays, and look, unavoidably, sometimes when we get together as families, there's a little bit of drama that might happen. Oh, it's not just me? Oh, well, that's good. I feel better actually now. Let's just all go home. I feel good. I've had therapy. I'm not the only one. Well, I think it might be good to look at a family that had a little bit of drama at their last Thanksgiving meal. So let's take a look at that together.
2: It was Thanksgiving morning and I was sick and not the dainty manageable kind of sick. I was sick. There was so much still to be done. Supplies to gather, food to prepare, and an 18 pound turkey to roast. So my dear husband decided to enlist help. If he were smart, he would have just called his mother or his sister-in-law, but no, he called his brother Paul. Now let me just say, seeing the two of them in action is what made me understand why animals eat their young. Neither of them had any real experience in the kitchen. In fact, they had about as much business preparing a holiday dinner as I did playing linebacker in the NFL. The only meal I'd ever seen my husband prepare was a bowl of cereal. And Paul? Well, Paul had his own set of difficulties when it came to food prep. I'm not exactly sure what went on in the kitchen that day, but judging from the commotion, the laughter, and one actual scream, I was pretty sure it was something I wasn't going to be thankful for. Good intentions can go a long way, but you need more than intentions to roast a turkey. On Thanksgiving, most of us stop and reflect on the tangible things we're thankful for, our health, our family. However, on that Thanksgiving, I didn't have my health and I couldn't be with my family. I felt alone and somewhat forgotten. Then I remembered a time in the Bible when Moses felt alone. He wanted to see God to try and make sense of his circumstances. In turn, God said he would make his goodness pass right in front of him. And God's goodness was more than enough. I guess the trick is no matter what the circumstance you find yourself in on Thanksgiving or any day, is to see God's goodness and to thank him for it. (laughs) Oh, and by the way, that Thanksgiving may have ended up being the best one we've ever had. Thanks to the dinner being overcooked, undercooked, and some parts raw, our family started the first annual Thanksgiving Leftovers Food Fight. Sure, it's silly and, and a whole lot of fun, but this tradition has become an annual reminder to our whole family that no matter how messy our lives get, we can still be thankful for God's goodness.
0: And that's so true. No matter how messy your life is today, you can still be thankful. We're in a series called Just Like Jesus, and today's message is called Come to the Table. It's uh, fortuitous that we're at where we're at. I just love how God works things out because he makes us look so much better than we really are. And you had thought, hey, we planned all these messages out to land right here on this particular passage of Scripture going into Thanksgiving week. But I got to tell you, I really didn't do that. Um, God's just good, and He puts us right where we need to be when we need to be there. We're going to be taking a look at a passage of Scripture in Mark chapter 14, verses 12 through 25. It's referred to as the Last Supper, but really it's a pivotal moment of transition for Jesus and His ministry team. And you know what? As they sat to the table, there was some drama that unfolded. We're going to talk more about that next week. We'll come back to the table and talk a little bit about the drama that took place uh, in some of the lives at this, at this meal. But today, let's jump in and take a look uh, at this event in Mark chapter 14, starting in verse 12. On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, it was customary to sacrifice the Passover lamb. Jesus' disciples asked him, where do you want us to go to make preparations for you to eat Passover? So he sent two of his disciples, telling them, go into the city And a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him. Say to the owner of the house uh, he enters, the teacher asks, where is my guest room? Where I may eat the Passover with my disciples. He will show you a large room upstairs furnished and ready. Make preparations for us there. The disciples left, went into the city, and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus arrived with the twelve. While they were reclining at the table eating, he said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They were saddened, and one by one they said to him, Surely you don't mean me. It is is one of the twelve, he replied, one who dips bread into the bowl with me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to the man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. While they were eating, Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take it, this is my body. Then he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. This is my blood. But this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. He said to them, Truly I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. With Thanksgiving less than a week away, I think this is just, again, just an amazing fit of things here. And as we get ready to go into a celebratory time with our friends and family this week, let's take a look at the Festival of Unleavened Bread and the Passover uh, and give it some context today. Although many kind of think that uh, these are events are the same that are described here, they're actually two separate feasts uh, in the Bible. The Feast of Unleavened Bread follows right after Passover. Uh, and so they kind of overlap each other. Passover isn't uh, a week or even a day, but a meal that's held on the 14th day of the month of Nisan on the Hebrew calendar. This corresponds to a date sometime in March or April. The meal for Passover is called a Seder. It's not merely a meal to nourish people who partake in it, but to serve as a memorial of what God did for his people in the book of Exodus when he delivered them from Egypt. The Passover lamb in Egypt foreshadows Jesus as our Passover lamb. Just as the blood of the Passover lamb rescued the Hebrew people from slavery, it's the blood of Jesus that saves us from the slavery of our sin. The Passover lamb was selected and examined for blemishes, then slain on the 14th day of the month. The lamb had to be slain in the temple area and the supper eaten within the Jerusalem city limits. For the Jews, the Passover feast was the memorial of past victories. But Jesus would institute a new supper that would be the memorial of his death. So really, it's not the last supper. It's really the first supper in some some mindsets. Psalms 118 says this, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his love endures forever. So we want to talk about celebration for a moment. Celebration is is so important. It was an important thing for us to do in our culture. It's an important thing, or was an important thing, for things to do in the Jewish culture of the day. And it has always been an important thing that the church needs to embrace, both in its history, its present, and its future. Celebration is important. So let's learn to intentionally celebrate. We are the people of God. And if we, of all the people on the face of the earth, we have something to celebrate. you, You guys can do better than that. We have something to celebrate. We have a reason for joy. There are people today, tonight, that will go out across our country, will go to bars and watch a football game and celebrate a football team. There are people out celebrating a day because somebody has a birthday or an anniversary. In fact, in just a few days, I'll be selling my 20th with my wife. Important to do, by the way. There's a lot of things to celebrate. But of all the things to celebrate and party about, what Jesus has done, what he is doing, and what he will do in the lives of so many needs to be celebrated. I love Robbie's choice of songs this morning, that first one that we started off with. We won't be silent. We should not be silent. When everything goes wrong, we should be joyful. Because you know what? God still sits on a throne, and our hope is not here. Our hope is in what is yet to come. I'm ready to, I'm ready to throw down and celebrate in the kingdom of heaven. I don't know if anybody else is going to, but I'll have my dancing shoes on, and I'll be ready to go because we are going to have a great time when we get to heaven. We've got to learn how to intentionally celebrate. So let's talk for a moment about why we should celebrate. Why we should celebrate. Scripture often tells us to remember God's blessings. When we celebrate, it helps us to embody that truth. When we're joyous, when we're excited, when we share, it's a moment where we step in and we remember how good God is. Number two, celebration helps people feel like they're a part of a movement that's winning, that's going somewhere. I I don't know. You guys should be a little more excited. We're going somewhere. God's not leading us, right, down to the execution room. God's leading us into victory. God has great things for you, great things for your family, great things for this church and this community, and we get to be a part of it. So when we celebrate, it tells others that, hey, that's a winning team over there. We want to be a part of that. Three, celebration helps uh, mitigate the mindset that we don't measure up. And in our culture today, that is so prevalent. I don't add up. I'm not good enough. I'm not this. I'm not that. But when we celebrate, it sets that aside because God says with Him, we do measure up. We do measure up with Jesus. When we've got Jesus in our life, we, we, there's a, even spiritually, right, there's, there's no way we can reach that threshold. Robbie talked about this in Foundations today. There's no way we can overcome sin on our own. There's no way that we can live up to, to, to God's expectation. But with Jesus, we're washed white. Our sin is gone. And we do measure up. We are enough. God loves you. And I'm going to tell you this. He loves you with all your quirks, and weirdness. He loves you. Celebration builds confidence. Every time God's people had a victory in the Bible, what did they do? Celebrated. Every time. Look throughout the Old Testament. These guys were constantly building altars and having barbecues. I'm like, so barbecues are from Jesus. I'm just telling you. All right? We should be celebrating. Celebrating. Because it builds confidence when we celebrate. Confidence, not ignorance. There's a lot of people running around claiming to be Christians who are ignorant right, and foolish. But we should have confidence not in ourselves, but in our God. He's so good. Nothing that I've done that's led to victory is because of my doing, really. It's because of God's goodness, grace, and mercy, and empowerment. And the same goes for you. Number five. Celebration taps into the made-in-God's-image part of us. God created us to worship, and when we celebrate his goodness, we truly come alive. Celebration is something we need to learn how to do and how to do well. So what do we celebrate? That's probably a good thing to touch on, too. Look, celebrate what you have. So much of our mindset and focus, especially in our culture, is what we don't have. Oh, I don't have this. I don't have that. We look at somebody else and look what they have. And, and if we're honest, sometimes we have it's envy thoughts, right? Like, look at their house. Look at their home. Look at their car. Look at their marriage. Look at their kids. I'm just going to tell you, any parent that has kids has issues. All right? Don't believe what Facebook tells you. All right, because that picture of the kids all smiling, and that, yeah, there were 25 minutes of tears and yelling and things being thrown and the food fight and everything else. Everybody got in there. The parents blackmailed the kids. If you smile, we're going to go do this. And everybody smiles. They put it up. Look how great our celebration is. It's never like that. It just isn't. That's not reality. Don't celebrate what you lack, celebrate what you have. God has entrusted you to be right where you're at to give you the job that he's given you, the neighbors that you have. Maybe you get along great with them. Maybe you've got the neighbors from hell. God entrusted you with that. <laughs> and, they're, and i got great neighbors now. But we had neighbors when we lived in Elkhorn, Nebraska. I thought I was on one of those shows called punk I was like, surely this cannot be real. I'm, I don't know. Somebody must have. Their idea of a table to get together was one of those giant spools that you see out on construction sites that got cable. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, they put metal chairs around that. They're like, they, they tried to put Christmas decorations up one time, but they were so drunk they fell off the roof. And I'm like, I'm like, they were okay. But it was like, it was bizarre. It was bizarre. I'm like, there's no way that this can be real. Um, they'd go out and water their mud every day. Like, I'm not kidding. I'm like, it was, they didn't have a lawn. It was, it was strange. But I love them, and I tried really hard to share Jesus with them. We really did. But God's entrusted you. He's entrusted you with your marriage, with your life, with the opportunities that you'll have today, tomorrow, this week. Celebrate what you do have, church, what God has put into your hands. Celebrate what Jesus has done in your life, and he's done something, and he's doing something, and he will do something. God provides. God encourages. God directs. Those are things worthy of celebration. Celebrate victories, celebrate transformation, celebrate changes, and celebrate progress. If you're waiting to celebrate for perfection, I'm sorry, it's never going to happen. Not going to happen in this church, not going to happen in your life, because we're not perfect. Jesus is the only one that's perfect. So celebrate progress. When your spouse or, or, or when your kids make progress, celebrate that. Celebrate that, and it might be the little steps, but that's still progress in the right direction. I love to celebrate progress in people's lives, and that leads us to our last thing that we wanted to talk about in this section was celebrate other victories, others' victories. Learn how to celebrate over someone else that has had something great happen in their life. Celebrate when, when people take a step forward and they're, they're growing in God and, and they're, they're, they're stepping out of the norm, or, or when they take a leap of faith, celebrate that with them. It's not all about me, 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 me. We have a bigger vision and we can celebrate others' victories. There's something great that happens. Celebrate some victories today. Jeb talked about Operation Christmas Child. Over 60. Christmas packages left this place or left this place or were purchased by people to give to kids. That's 60 kids that will receive a Christmas gift this season that we had a part in. That's 60 kids who will have an opportunity to hear about Jesus, maybe for the very first time. Statistics tell us that out of those 60 kids, there will be some who accept Christ and whose life will forever be changed because you were willing to give. That's to be celebrated. These two people don't know I'm doing this today. Could I have Elder Rivera stand up for a moment? I want to celebrate this amazing woman of God because over the last year, I have watched her step out of her shell, step up to the plate, Be more bold as a witness for Jesus and love on people in incredible ways. Elda, I am proud of you. And keep going because there are great adventures ahead. (laughs) I'm going to ask Robin Gitzel to stand up because this week something very important became official. And Robin Gitzel is our newest ordained minister in the Assemblies of God right here at Hillside. Robbie, keep going, keep going. We're going to have some great adventures together, brother. So let's switch gears. Let's talk about preparing the meal. There's a celebration to be had, but there was preparations to be made. Making the Thanksgiving meal doesn't happen by itself, not usually. It's a lot of work. I lived in Omaha. We used to get together. It was close-knit, you know, me, my mom, my dad, my brothers, maybe a grandparent or two. But this was like cousins and second cousins and somebody off the street, which is great. I'm like, I'm like, it was awesome, but it was just it was a little overwhelming. There's a lot of prep work. You can't just throw that together half-heartedly. You have to buy food ahead of time. And this year, that's been a little challenging, uh, depending on where you're at. My cousin sent me pictures last week of Walmart, four different Walmarts in northern Maine. Bare, freezer aisles, completely gone. Get to like the deli meat, there's like six packages of bologna, and that's it. It's tough out there. You got decorations to plan. This table didn't do its decorate itself. And by the way, I did not decorate it, but it is very beautiful. It takes time to do that. And then if you're going to have people stay over, you've got rooms to prepare and you've got activities to plan in the days ahead. So most Thanksgiving celebrations aren't a fly by your seat kind of endeavor. And neither was preparing the Passover meal. And it always works best when we can work together to do something rather than having one person do it all. It's just healthier that way. When we look at our passage, we see the question, where do you want us to go to make preparations? And Jesus gave some instructions. And it's interesting how he gave them. He's like, look, you're going to find a guy carrying some water, follow him to the house and go, hey, do you have a room prepared for the teacher so that we can celebrate Passover. So Peter and, G- and John saw, saw to, the, to the Last Supper's preparations, right? It was, and we know that from Luke chapter 22, that it was these two disciples. And it would not have been difficult to find this man, you're thinking, like, how do they find one guy carrying a jar? Well, because culturally at the time, men didn't do that. The women took the jars to the well, got the water, and brought it back. So for a man to do it, he probably would have stood out. So here are these two disciples probably thinking, what are we doing? Hey, there's the guy. I'm like, and imagine their faith, that they had to walk this out, and then they're like, you know, they get to the house, and they're like, hey, can, can the owner of the home come out? Yeah, do you have a room for the teacher to celebrate Passover? And then he just happens to have a room available that would fit them all? Because God's provision. That's the only way that that happens. It's not coincidence. When Jesus asks us to do something, he always makes a way to get it done. When you feel like God asks you to do the impossible, it often is. Except the fact that he wants to partner with you. And see, provision always follows obedience. And we want it to go the other way around. We want the provision first, and then we'll obey God. But it doesn't work that way in the Bible. You go through and you can can find countless uh, examples of this. You see Abraham and Isaac. And the fact that Abraham had to step out in faith, he had to go through all these steps and it's at the last minute the guy goes, nope, nope, you were obedient. Now here's the provision, here's the ram in the thicket. You see Noah building the ark with his family. God comes down and, I mean, this is an endeavor. Nobody's ever done anything like this before. Jesus basically, or God gives him the blueprints. He says, here's what you do. It's so many cubits by so many cubits. And if I was building, I would have been asking God, what's a cubit? Because I don't know what that is. But I'm sure that they understood what that was. When you see Moses and the people of Israel having to cross the Red Sea, they're in this mess, God made a way for them. But guess what? They still had to walk across. Obedience is so key for us to partner with God. Jesus loves interaction. And when we get together at the holidays, isn't that what we want? We want healthy interactions with our family and friends. And Jesus wants that interaction with you. Jesus is not a genie that if you read the Bible, he'll grant you the three wishes. And for some here, you might need to blow off the dust because it's been a long time since you've opened up. Coming into your life and seeing you, Jesus longs to have healthy, interactive relationships, and partnerships with you. If we will do what God asks us to do, he will be faithful to do his part. He will step into the mess that sometimes we make for ourselves, and he will provide. He will work, and he will do the impossible in your life and in the life of your family. The last point today is setting the table and how Jesus set the table for this moment. When we set the table at Thanksgiving, you're setting expectations for something great to come. We set the table because there's an expectation that a turkey, a ham, all those those vegetables, and let's just be honest, the pies are coming, right? We set the table in expectation of the meal, and Jesus in this moment at this meal is setting expectation for something great to come. He's setting the table we look at the lord's supper and and this is called the eucharist do you know that the word eucharist is a greek word that means give thanks give thanks before the cup jesus took one of the a loaf of unleavened bread and blessed it broke it and told these men that he did life with this is my body He then took the Passover cup and blessed it and gave it to them saying, this is my blood. Now the bread and wine were two common elements that would be eaten at almost every meal. But Jesus gave them this wonderful new meaning. When Jesus said, this is my body and this is my blood, he did not transform either the bread or the wine into anything different. He was using these as an example. When the disciples ate the bread, it was still bread. When they drank the wine, it was still wine. However, the Lord gave a new meaning to the bread and to the wine so that from this hour on, there would be this moment of us being able to have this memorial of what Jesus was doing, what he has done, and what he will do in the lives of many. What did Jesus accomplish with his death on the cross? Jesus fulfilled an old covenant that was established to a new covenant. The cost of sin is death. And for us to be able to have life, there has to be an atonement. The old covenant was ratified with the blood of animal sacrifices, but that wasn't enough. It wasn't good enough. The new covenant is ratified by the blood of God's Son, who is enough. The new covenant is His blood. The old covenant was sacrifices. God covers our sin by the blood that he shed. Jesus' command to do this in remembrance of me, the word translated remembrance, means much more than in memory of. For you can do something in memory of a dead person, yet Jesus is alive. The word carries the idea of a present participation in a past event. Think about that for a moment. A present participation in something that happened 2,000 years ago. This isn't something that's magical. It's something that in the moment for the believer who has a relationship with Jesus has great meaning as we remember what Jesus did for us, the price he paid for us, and that he did it willingly. He endured so much, pain, torture, ridicule, his very life taken from him, and he gladly laid it down for this moment. The last thing Jesus and his disciples would have done in the upper room, our Lord, is they're having this moment of singing together and laughing and eating, realizing he knew in the hours to come what would take place and transpire. Celebration is important. And Jesus set the table, not just for these 12 men, he set the table for every generation of the church yet to come. Let's watch this video together. If you guys can bring down the house lights, keep, them, keep the house lights down after the video, that would be great.
3: I To the.
0: team to come join me at the table at this time. What Jesus did by setting the table the way he did, is he opened up the table for anyone to come and experience a life with Jesus. Before we take communion together this morning, I want to extend the same invitation that Jesus gave. If you need a relationship with Jesus, if you need a Savior, if you need a healer, He wants to come into your life and do something great in your life today. There must be an acknowledgement from us that we're broken. And that's really what sin is is it means we miss the mark, we're broken. Acknowledgement that we're a sinner, and the acknowledgement that we're taking a leap of faith and saying, Jesus, I believe you are the Savior that you came, that you died, and that you rose again. If you'd like to accept Christ this morning, I'd like to pray with you. And if if you'll just pray these words that I'm praying in your own life, you're going to start a relationship with Jesus today. Lord, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I'm broken. I'm hurt. Life hasn't turned out the way that I thought. Sometimes... Every step that I take seems to be a step of failure instead of a step of victory. I burn bridges. I ruin relationships. I need, I need you in my life. Jesus, I confess that I believe that you are the Son of God, that you came, that you lived, that you died, and that you rose again. And the Lord, you are calling to me this morning to come and sit at the table with you and to have a relationship. Would you step into my life? God, would you forever change me? I want to sit at the table with the Savior today. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've made a decision to follow Christ, please let us know whether you're here in person or you're online, we would love to celebrate with you. I'd like to just give everyone an opportunity to get your elements ready. I won't dip my hand in at the same time because we don't want any Judases at the table. If you take the element of the bread, we're going to hold it together for a moment. I'm going to read out of the book of Luke, chapter 22. It says this And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which has been given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Lord, we thank you. God, you came and you put on a flesh suit. You walked among us and you walked in our shoes. And when you did so, you didn't come with arrogance. You came in humbleness. You were a friend to all. When you could have came and sat at royalty's table, you found those who called your You endured your body to be broken, yet you endured. And because you endured, we as your followers and as your children, Lord, we will endure because your spirit lives within us. Lord, we thank you for your body that was broken for us. Let's take of the element of the bread together. Prepare our cups now. In that same passage, it says this, and likewise the cup, after they had eaten, saying this is the cup that is poured out for you. It is the new covenant in my blood. Jesus, we love the fact that you do new things. We can get so stuck in, in doing the same thing repetitively over and over again in our routines. We forget that you're a God who loves new things, new ways of doing things, new mindsets, new promises, new lives to be touched, changed, and transformed in the kingdom. Or when you saw a problem, You met it head on with a solution. When nothing else would add up, and the only thing that could possibly add up was the blood from yourself, you said, I'm willing to pay that price for these people who I love. You love us. And you poured out your blood for us. And because you did, we have the opportunity to have every sin Everything wrong and broken with us washed away. The guilt no longer holds us back. That you know you do not condemn us, but you greet us at the door. Lord, we thank you that you poured your blood out for us. And we give you praise today. Let's take that cup together. While I couldn't possibly have invited you all to come and sit at this table this morning, I want you to know that there's a much larger table here at Hillside. And there is always room for more. There is always a seat for you here. And that is your pastor. I love you. And I am so thankful to have a church like this. That we do life together. I'm so thankful for a worship team like this. I'm so proud of each and every one of you and your growth in Jesus. And God is not done. He's just getting started. Worship team, if you would take your place this morning. The scripture tells us that the last thing they did was what? Sang. Sang. Church, would you stand to your feet as we close out our worship experience today? As you leave this place today, as you get ready to go into Thanksgiving week, and you'll be celebrating with your friends and family, you've got an amazing opportunity to be a light. Because not every person that's seated at your table may know Jesus. You don't know sometimes the person that comes and sits at your table on Thursday or whatever day you might celebrate this week with them what some of the hidden things in their heart are that they're dealing with. So I want to encourage you, don't go into this week with a judgmental heart. But go into this week with compassion like our Savior had for you and invited you to a table and fellowshiped with you. You Don't get along with, maybe there's an opportunity. He entrusts you to show that individual love, compassion, grace, and mercy this week. we close out, Robbie will close us in prayer, but let's worship together, church. Let's step into what God has for us this week, and let's step up to the table and celebrate our Savior
4: together.
1: Go As we conclude the service, let's bless the Lord together as we sing this song Ten Thousand Reasons. Now bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul. Worship Him. for this time today that we can celebrate what you have done on the cross for each one of us. You have given us new life. You have given us renewed hope. You have given us eternal joy and peace. God, as we go our separate ways right now, we go and spend time with our families this week and celebrate Thanksgiving may we remember your goodness and your grace and your mercy in our lives Lord I thank you for the opportunity that we have now to give of our tithes and our offerings to you I thank you for how you are meeting our needs as a church God may we continue to connect and to grow and to go to accomplish the mission and vision that you have given to each one of us. God, we need the power of your Holy Spirit to empower us to live our worship to you each day. God, remind us of that as we face this week, that you have called us to worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen.